I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Hello, darling. Hello, hello. Happy 2021 to you. This is our first time recording in the new year. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Happy 2021. I keep forgetting um, like what day of the week or what date it is because I really haven't left my house much since New Year's Eve. Yeah. I was like at Starbucks yesterday and the woman wished me a happy new year and I had to actually stop and think I'm like wait is today New Year's Day or is it the second and I was like oh it's the second like I was so thoroughly confused it's very (laughs) weird being in that no man's land between Christmas and New Year's and also not having the general markers that we would have yeah for like yeah what where where we are what time it is because of course we didn't go out on New Year's yeah like It's just weird and strange. And the only reason why I know what day today is is because I have to go back to work tomorrow. Yeah. See, and that's the thing for me right now that's so crazy is like I don't have the structure of work. But luckily, now that the holidays are over tomorrow, I can kind of get back to like looking for jobs because that was the thing like the last two weeks was so hard for me because I couldn't go forward even if I wanted to because no one is hiring. No one's interviewing. No point. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I got a few like emails from people where they're like we'll talk in the new year and I'm like remember me please um you know little things like that yeah so tomorrow's gonna be sending follow-up emails all day probably for you oh my god yeah definitely oh well um I'm actually shocked that we are going into year three of this podcast (laughs) and we have not ever talked about this it was on our original list of topics of course to discuss from like from like literally day one that was like on the list I think we thought that it would add spice to the show if we did it when we were on our period yeah I don't like putting it off yeah, we for a very long time were like, we're gonna do it when we're synced. And so we can like commiserate. And that's gonna be like part of it because we're gonna be so like bitchy and mad. And so we just kept not syncing our periods. And um, I don't know if I'm ever gonna see you again, Keegan in person. So to be honest, yeah, (laughs) the chances of our periods syncing up now is pretty much slim to none. So I think actually mine should be starting any day now. Any second Ooh. now, really. I'm sorry. I mean, what are you going to do? First one of 2021. Woo! Ooh. Terrible. I know. Um, okay, well, let's jump right in. Um, yeah, what do you want to start with? Should we just start talking about, like, the? should we just talk about the word menstruation and menzies and where that 
comes from, get into sure. some etymology. Sure. Um, so the word menstruation or menses comes from the Latin word mensis, meaning month. And then in Greek, there's a word that I think would be pronounced mene, meaning moon. Y'all, I'm really sorry. If you hear Max yelling in the background, there's a Cowboys game on. I, I'm doing my best. What are you going to do? What, what are you going to do? do? It's I, fine. I told him to be quiet. He said he would try. He's not trying very hard. So um, so there's a Greek word, which I'm going to assume is mene, which means moon. And that is said to be also part of the root for the English word of month as well. So there is kind of this like... Um, connection to a monthly cycle and also because the moon has a monthly cycle and um, our periods have a monthly cycle there's been kind of this like long-standing I guess myth or legend that our periods are somehow connected to the moon and I actually found it really interesting when I was looking up different like cultural like rituals and beliefs around menstruation, it was very interesting to see like, well, the differences between like a patriarchal society and a matriarchal society was really fascinating because in some cultures, when a woman was menstruating, it was almost this like sacred, like celebratory thing because the blood was seen to be this like sacred fluid, I guess. I don't know what to call it. That doesn't sound gross. Um, but yeah, then, fluid's you know, a gross word, but I mean, fluid what are is, you going to do? It is a gross word, and I, I have no idea where I put this in my notes, and I don't feel like searching for it, but I'll find it eventually. But there is a place as well. Um, oh, there was, it was an anthropologist. It was a French anthropologist that had um, done some research into, like, South and North American indigenous mythology and things like that, and he kind of came to this conclusion that there was this belief that men had to monitor women's uh, menstrual cycles very closely because it was either if they were to all synchronize or if they were to desynchronize, the universe would descend into chaos. Um, I really feel like they're spending a lot of unnecessary time thinking about that. I mean, if that's how you choose to spend your time, if you're going to worry that much about my period and that's how you choose to spend your time, like, that's not my problem. Um, I would love to believe that if we all synced up our periods that we would be able to destroy the universe. Um, I would spend a lot more time trying to make that happen if it was... Oh possible. yeah, if we if we had that like power within us, you bet your asses we would be using it. We wouldn't just be sitting on it, you know. But I think that would be kind of a fun like intimidation tactic, almost kind of like in the movie Teeth, where it's like, "Don't mess with me. I'm on my period." Ah, <laughs> you know. Um all right. Well, let's talk a little bit about what periods actually are. So, yes. Menstruation or period, um, this is from medlineplus.gov, is a normal vaginal bleeding that occurs as part of a woman's monthly cycle. So every month your body prepares for pregnancy. And if no pregnancy occurs, the uterus or womb sheds its lining. So the menstrual blood, what we consider to be menstrual blood, is partly blood and partly tissue from inside the uterus. Yeah. and it passes out of the body through the vagina. Periods generally start between the age of 11 and 14. When did yours start, Madigan? I was 14. I was like 14, 14 and a half. 14 and oh, a half. You are so lucky that yours started later. I, mine started 11 or 12. I was oh. 11 or 12. Horrible. Uh, skating, skating saved me, really. I mean, I, I think I've talked about this before. My puberty was totally stunted because of skating. I was super short. I didn't have boobs. I didn't get my period. Like, I was in high school looking like a sixth grader. Like, I was really small and not mature in that way at all. But so, why? Um, there's something in... Um, sports like a lot of gymnasts go through it too where it it stuns your your growth depending on how much you're training and things like that okay so I think it's like a maybe it's something to do with the body mass index I don't know but there was a time in my life when I was a teenager when I was figure skating and kickboxing and I was homeschooled so I'm doing this shit all day all the time where I was just like a little beefcake like I was just a rock (laughs) you know so it was I don't I I think I was told by my doctors because I think it was a bit concerning. Um, But yeah, I got it. I remember it was like during winter break of my freshman year of high school. But oh my God, my first period story is not a good one. 
Is Mine yours? is not good either. No. Oh, God, no. Oh, my God. I so I remember I was running late for skating that day. And so sometimes I would change in the car in the backseat. But for some reason this day, I think because everybody was already on the ice, I was like, I'm just going to change in the locker room because there's no like place to hide. It's just a room. Um, so I had like a blanket over me and I was kind of changing. And like my best childhood friend, JC, was with me. And I like pull my pants down and I thought I shit myself. <laughs> It, what is that? Um, because it, it wasn't that red; like it was brown, and I was like, "Did I like diarrhea myself?" Like it was. I had this moment of like pure disgusted panic, and I must have said something to JC, and then she said something about having my period, and I was like, "No, no, no," and. My mom was gone. I was like at the rink for the next like four hours or whatever, and then when I was picked up, I don't know if someone else told her or if I told her but then my mom like went out and got me and I was like I don't think it's my period I don't I don't have my period I don't have it I don't have it I don't have it sure enough later that night I go to the bathroom it happens again and I like tail between my legs go to my mom like okay I have my period okay so I didn't shit myself so I actually didn't shit my pants it is a period but it was very nobody told me that there could be different colors or whatever because I was so mortified that I thought that I like accidentally shit myself and didn't know. <laughs> I feel like you know when you shit yourself. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel yeah. like you feel it coming. You I think that you would, but you know as a 14-year-old girl that had no idea what was going on and I, and of like course. and it was just such a weird thing too because I was like running late so my coach is like on the ice waiting for me so I it's like a quick thing where I'm getting into like my tights and luck hopefully I was wearing pants instead of a dress that day <laughs> just to be on the safe side um you know and try to get out there as fast as I could so I wasn't able to really like talk about it or think about it I bet my mm-hmm. coach was in on it too knowing her I bet someone told my coach and she probably told my mom or something because that would is something she would do but yeah I just thought it was shit what's your story oh (laughs) unfortunately I I definitely knew actually (laughs) I I have to say not knowing would be very confusing so I'm sorry that you had to go through that because um I, I feel like a lot of people have that story Maybe not so much in the United States because I feel like period stories get talked about somewhat more often. Right. Uh, But in developing countries, especially or places where menstruation is highly stigmatized, women are very confused. I actually have a statistic um, that I can I'll I'll read later on when we're talking about, you know, period stigma. But yeah, there are places in the world where like it's talked about so um, so little infrequently yeah, yeah that like people j- don't know what's happening to them I'm, or their bodies my mom got it when she was nine or ten and I believe Ew. she had no idea what was going on and I can only imagine uh. in like the, the that would have been like the early 60s horrifying oh. <laughs> yeah when, when I say you I don't mean you gross I yeah. mean like oh my god I feel so bad for her yeah exactly exactly yeah terrible um but no I was I want to say I was maybe almost 12 about so the year would have been like 2002 uh the year was 2002 which yes state, which state are we in we're in missouri uh, we're in a we- small small missouri town paint the scene i know uh, so I, I, I mentioned to- also that it was 2002 because i distinctly remember that i was wearing pink velour <gasps> pants like like workout pants were so they, it was very were 2002 they like- <clears throat> were they kind of flared at the bottom like the juicy yes. ones? Yes. I love they it. They weren't the juicy ones because I was poor, right. but they were they were meant to look like that. Did I ever tell uh, you that I saved my money for an entire black juicy tracksuit so I could fit in at the rink with all the rich kids? Oh man. I spent $200 and I wore it forever. I had it until probably a couple of years ago. I should have tried to sell it, but that thing was like so thin. Or <laughs> you know what I mean, but 2000s like popular fashion for yeah. middle schoolers and high schoolers was a trip and it was so expensive like yeah Abercrombie Hollister oh my God, yeah like American Eagle those things it, they were so expensive and those were for, my favorite places to go so I I saved my money so I could yeah. get so I could get a t-shirt with a moose on it like yeah you know. it, it, so you could advertise for Abercrombie by wearing something that says Abercrombie across, across your boobs but Ugh, anyway I wish I had known um I was I was maybe 12 I was wearing my pink velour track pants and I did not 
feel well. Like I knew I didn't feel well. I was sweating. Um, not just because we were in gym. I was in gym. And you were in a velour tracksuit, which is also gonna make you warm. (laughs) The worst place to be is in gym when you're on your period and you don't know it. Um so I was like playing and I was like, why do I feel so bad? Like I felt like I was going to pass out. And then it was over and, you know, it was like, everybody go get some water. And so we were lined up at the water fountain and I like leaned over, <gasps> got some water. And then I like w- stepped away and went to the bathroom and uh-huh. there was a huge red <gasps> spot on the back of my pants? velour track pants. <gasps> And oh, so no. whoever was behind me, and I think it was like a group of guys from middle school, like oh, behind no. me, no one ever said anything Thank to me, luckily, goodness. but um, I also didn't give them at least that day the opportunity to, because yeah. I went to the nurse, I was freaked out. Yeah. I mean, I knew, I knew it was my period, but right. like, I'd never had it before. Well, yeah, you're still have, panicking. Yeah, I didn't have pads or tampons or whatever, so I went to... Um, well, I and went you to have the blood nurse. on your clothes. You're like, I have to go home and change. Yeah, I mean, luckily those were my gym clothes, so I had a change of clothes. Oh, okay, good. Um, but I, I went to the nurse, and I was like, I, the nurse luckily was so understanding, and she basically was like, Do you want to go home? Like, yeah. do you want to just go home? Like, I'll call your mom, and she can come pick you up. And I was like, Yes. So yeah. they called my mom. She came. She picked me up. Um, I remember so distinctly like she had a hair appointment that day so like she took me we went and we like got pads she was like how are you feeling I was like I'm okay and then she took me with her to like the hair appointment and I just like hung out with my mom all day but like she couldn't have dropped you at home first with some ice cream and a chick flick it's possible that she offered and I was like no I feel fine yeah um I'm amazed that you like stuck it out through gym not feeling well because I did everything in my power as a child to get out of gym class so if I was even feeling slightly unwell I'd be like I can't go on I just can't do it go on yeah my my best friend Katie got her period wearing white pants and did not know the entire day that she had blood on the back of her pants until one of her older brothers teased her for it when she got home from school that day so tragic uh, it's yeah. awful. It's terrible. Um, I feel like I don't know why someone hasn't written an entire like show for women akin to the vagina monologues that's just talking about your first period story. If if listeners have stories, I would oh love to know them because I bet you the array of <laughs> stories ranging from like truly horrifying to like kind of heartwarming. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, I remember this young girl getting her period at the rink and she literally like she wasn't super young um but she was younger than me and she was like stuck in the bathroom because it just like she wouldn't stop bleeding. and I and at that point I luckily had a very very light period so I was just like what the fuck is happening like that's terrible yeah um well periods generally last from about three to five days I know (laughs) Madigan yours tend to last longer than that yes yes mine tend to last for the full seven days I'll at least have something like it's not I'll be like spotting and stuff for the last two days yeah you see it's hard because, first of all, my periods have changed so much as I've gotten older. I now cramp, like have cramps the a full week before, mm-hmm. like a full week. I'm cramping for a full week. Then my period will start and it will be bad, painful, heavy for like yeah. three days. And then it kind of tapers off and is basically just spotting for like the next two. But oh, I mean, God. it is a serious, it's seriously like two weeks of like, yeah. You're, it's still it's an, it's half of the month that you're experiencing some sort symptoms, of like PMS yeah. or period symptoms. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah. I mean, I get my lowest mood changes right before my period. Like I get so self deprecating. Like I, the world is ending. Everything is horrible. I'm so depressed and my body aches and I feel really tired. So that's why I'm like, I think I'm gonna get it like right about now. Um, and then it is like hard and heavy. It comes like the doors from The Shining and it stays that way for about four days and then it kind of becomes like a normal period where I can wear a super tampon for more than two hours. Um, 
And then the last couple of days, I can be on like a a regular tampon and keep it in for a normal amount of time and be fine. But yeah, it's very bizarre. Like sometimes it will be kind of a full period until it stops, but I will still get spotting or I'll think it's done and then I'll have a whole nother day. It's just weird. I don't know why my body hates me. me. That has happened to me before, too. I hate when that happens when you're like, oh, we're done. And I can, you know, stop wearing a tampon or a panty liner and I'll put on some cute and I'll put on a thong. You know, why not? And then like, oh, oh, no, I never (laughs) I have so many period underwears that like there's no way I go near my nice underwear until I know for sure that everything is gone because I ruined so many pairs of underwear that I like genuinely love or like spent a lot of money on that I'm like I'm sticking with my like target like Mm -hmm. briefs for a week and then I can go back to like the fun stuff you know every other time of the month god tampons on your period that sounds I mean not tampons sorry thongs on your period sounds even wearing a tampon with wearing a thong sounds really I mean, uncomfortable to me. I've done it, but generally on the last days when yeah. you know that you're down to like, or you're pretty sure that you're down to like just spotting and not yeah. like anything super intense. Also, like um, really big PSA about thongs since we're on the topic. Be very careful with the amount that you wear thongs and how tight they are and what material you have because that is like a breeding ground for bacteria. Oh, I wore a thong on a road trip one time mm. um, and it was not good. No. Like uh, it was, it, it ended badly. Let's just say that. Um, okay. So let's talk a little bit about PMS and period symptoms, shall yeah. we? So cyclic changes in your sex hormones, mainly estrogen and progesterone um, can cause a, an array of PMS or period symptoms. Yeah. And these can include cramps, acne, swollen breasts, headaches, backaches, joint or muscle pain, abdominal bloating. Um, and then there are chemical changes that happen in your brain, such as fluctuations in serotonin and other chemicals related to mood states that also trigger other symptoms such as fatigue, mood swings, sleep problems, food cravings, and depression. So much fun. Uh, it's so much fun. If this was a medication, I wouldn't take it. <laughs> like, it's, here it's are the possible terrible. side effects. Yeah, I mean, and most women don't experience all of those symptoms, but I experience most of them. Yeah, like if, really, on, on almost everything. Degrees, yeah, of them. Yeah, I mean, breast tenderness definitely that's there. My boobs get bigger. It's great. They just look mm-hmm. a little fuller mm-hmm. and more fun. Um, yes, definitely. My sex drive goes all over the place. Like. Madigan is something else right before her period. Mine plummets completely. Oh, really? um, well, mine does like when I'm yeah. first bleeding because I literally feel like the grossest human being on the planet oh, and I don't want disgusting. anyone to go near me. No one touch me. Like, I don't even want to be near me. Yeah. I feel so sweaty and gross and like, like, I don't know if this happens to you, but I've actually Googled this before because, and there is like a reason for it, but like my mouth it's not dry mouth, but like my like saliva feels all like sticky. Like really, it's, yeah, it's terrible. Oh my There's gosh. also a thing that I experience, and you let me know if this is something that you experience too. Uh-huh. Um, it's fucking awful. I've googled it, and it is a thing. I-, I had to Google it because I was just like, I can't be the only person experiencing totally. this. There is something called period flu. So oh, period flu. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, well. Okay, yeah, you explain what it is first. So in the days before your period, typically, or the first couple days of your period, which is generally when I experience these symptoms, um, it is similar to PMS. However, it feels like a flu. So it's you have nausea, headache, dizziness, diarrhea, constipation, fatigue, muscle aches, cramps, fever, or chills. Yeah. So the last, the, the last time I had this really badly is I was getting really hot and then really cold and like shaking um and i've passed out on my period due to dizziness i throw up i throw up almost every time um i throw up from pain from my my cramps so i don't yeah i don't think i necessarily experience this flu but i i understand a lot of the symptoms i get cramping in my like upper legs really bad Mm -hmm. and i think it's just part Mm -hmm. of maybe my because i get horrible horrible cramps which I know you do too um, where I kind of feel like the pain runs through most of my body and everything just kind of feels sore but yeah I mean I feel like when I get my period I mean I get the period poops which I think most girls 
Which I was just about to talk about. So, you know, I definitely understand, like, some of the symptoms there, but I don't necessarily get, like, flu symptoms. I just get moody and I'm in pain. And because I bleed so much the first few days, um, I have to wear a tampon and a pad. Or if I want to give myself a break from tampons, I'll just wear a pad. And then I just feel like I'm sitting on my own blood and I just feel nasty. Yes. Oh, it's terrible. Um... So the things that cause period flu, very similarly to everything else that happens on your period, it's likely caused by hormone fluctuations. So before your period, um, prostaglandins. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I had to write it phonetically because I was like, I'm going to say this wrong. Prostaglandins. Okay. um, Which are hormone-like fatty acids. They're produced to help your uterus shed its lining. Right. And an excess of these can make their way into your bloodstream, Mm. um, which can cause a lot of period symptoms, um, including a lot of period flu symptoms. But specifically, they can cause period poop and farts oh. <laughs> that tend to happen like if you're feeling very gassy yeah. or most women the bloating um, whether they talk about it or not have uh at, have at least experienced once in their lives what we call period shits period shits they are <laughs> and real. that is caused by um prostaglandins yeah. that make their way into your bloodstream well, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of ways that things can go wrong in our in our bodies that can cause pain, uh, particularly in our periods, but also just with uh, regular you know bodily issues such as like endometriosis, which is painful pretty much all of the time, but definitely worse when you have your period. Yes. That's something that I genuinely mm-hmm. I would like to see if I have it because of the level of pain that I have. I've had a few people diagnose me with it that have it themselves, but I'm not going to take their word for it. Um, But this happens when the cells that line your uterus grow into other parts of your body. So it's not going into your bloodstream, but it's growing onto like your fallopian tubes or um, anywhere else that isn't your uterus, but kind of in that part of your body, which causes pain. Uh, Other things that can be painful on your period are uterine fibroids. Now, you don't always have symptoms from having these, so it is good to get, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Diagnosed Um, or tested? Yeah, the the thing when they do babies, the the Oh, an ultrasound. An ultrasound, yeah, because I had an ultrasound done a few years ago, and I had some of these on my... Or no, I had ovarian cysts. It wasn't this. Never mind. But anyways, good thing to get a good scan and get everything checked yeah, out. Yeah, fibroids can be very painful. They can be um, very painful. Or, But I was reading that sometimes you won't have symptoms, which I think can be really scary as well. But they are non-cancerous tumors, uh, but they put pressure on the uterus that can cause a lot of pain, particularly during your period. Yes. And I kind of wanted to talk about what causes bloating because I experienced bloating very badly. Like I actually took a picture. Don't know if I feel brave enough to post it uh, with the show notes, but I took a picture a few months ago whenever I was having my period. I was up in like Arrowhead with Anthony and the bloating was so bad. Yeah. I mean, it seriously looks like I am three months pregnant. Yeah. Like, it is so intense. Um, and research suggests that it's actually changes in, again, progesterone and estrogen levels that cause the body to retain more water mm-hmm. and salt, which can lead to that feeling and appearance of bloating. There was a 2011 study that found that women retained most water and experienced the worst bloating on the first day of their period, uh-huh. which I would say for me, that's definitely true. Yeah. Um, and then it does start to kind of like taper off. Yeah, but if it's you- a really unfortunate thing because that was a big struggle for me when I had my eating disorder, especially because my stomach was such a problem, quote unquote, area for me that when I would bloat, you know, it, and I would be depressed and feeling awful anyways. So when I had my period and I was on my eating disorder, it was super depressing to see my body go through those changes. And it's, oh, absolutely. it's really easy to feel, you know, down on yourself about it. But really, it's like, it's so it's so unnoticeable to everybody else. Like, uh, unless you're taking a picture of it. Like, I mean, I do that after I eat a Chipotle burrito, too. Like, I'll go in the mirror and be like, before and after. Haha, <laughs> food baby. You know, like. Yeah. But those are such normal things that happen to women in particular. And we have this idea, I feel like, from, like, these Instagram models and stuff that there's, like, this need for the super, super flat lower stomach when 
I mean, they're probably taking water pills and doing all these things to make their bodies not bloat and everything like that. It's just not realistic for women to not have that bloating, especially that time right. of the month. Right. That's and I would say put on yourself. some women are going to have it worse than others. Yeah. I know some women who really don't experience bloating um, as much like like with all of these period symptoms, your body is different than the person next to you. And so your the symptoms you experience are going to be different right. than the symptoms somebody else experiences. I experience bloating very badly um, and you're already feeling gross anyway and so you add that on top of everything else and you just feel uncomfortable in your skin or you can yeah um but it is a completely normal thing to experience if you want to cut down on just the feeling um of, of being really uncomfortable they say to like avoid salty foods of course mm-hmm. and drink a lot of water um in the beginning stages of your period yeah. will help cut down on that feeling of being super bloated um but yeah all of these things are perfectly normal for you to be experiencing yeah i feel like the most bloat that i get is because of the gas <laughs> oh yeah it's that so for me i have my i have my tips and tricks actually that i learned in treatment because i experienced such horrible bloating that i learned that if you put your butt up against the wall then you put your legs up and you just kind of sit there for a while. That's been the best like release of like gas pressure without actually just like letting one rip, you know. Hot tips. Hot Ooh. tips. I'm coming and off well, looking real attractive in this episode. Look, we weren't going to come out of this looking pretty. There was no way. <laughs> Never. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit about PMDD, which uh-huh. I think is kind of serious and actually something that I think I might have and I yeah. think I might need to um talk to my doctor about so I thought I would mention it on the podcast in case anybody else is feeling that same way so there is a small number of women with premenstrual PMS basically yeah um that have disabling symptoms every month and that form of PMS is called premenstrual dysphoric disorder which Mm -hmm. is PMDD and it is a condition that is similar to PMS you'll experience a lot of similar symptoms uh, as the hormone levels begin to fall after ovulation, but it does cause more severe symptoms than PMS, including severe depression, anger, anxiety, feeling overwhelmed, difficulty concentrating, irritability, and tension. Mm -hmm. And so 5% of women um, of childbearing age experience this and there are other symptoms that include lasting irritability or anger that may affect other people feelings of sadness or despair or even thoughts of suicide panic attacks mood swings or crying often lack of interest in daily activities and relationships trouble thinking or focusing tiredness or low energy food cravings or binge eating, trouble sleeping, feeling out of control. And this is in addition to um, the usual physical symptoms that you might be experiencing. So is this, because I feel like this would be a really hard thing to differentiate, especially for somebody like me that already has anxiety and depression. So everything you're describing, I'm like, well, yeah, that's just my life. Um, But like, and I was just looking at uh, the the Google page for PMDD while you were talking to and you know they're talking a lot about what you said you know depression irritability anxiety things like that I feel like it would be really hard to determine whether or not you're experiencing that from your period or if you just have depression and anxiety like I'm wondering if there would be a drastic change between you know the two weeks you know the week before and the week you're on your period and then the other two weeks you're not experiencing much of those symptoms at all like I I think that's the part that's confusing they say that if you have depression and anxiety, it will make PMDD worse right. or more, more noticeable. Um, so for me, I do experience depression and anxiety all the time right? Um, or a lot of the time, but I do notice it is at its worst um, yeah. during PMS or in the first couple days oh, totally. of my period. It is especially recently the last couple of months the despair oh my I gosh feel, yes the hopelessness um, the hopelessness it really does spike uh-huh. um and then also the anxiety the feelings of like actual panic yeah. panicky anxiety i 
when I was reading this, I was like, okay, actually, I think that when I'm feeling at my worst, when I'm feeling the most depressed, the most um, anxious, feeling like I'm going to actually have a panic attack, I think they actually do coincide with the start of my period generally. I mean, that would be that would be a really comforting thing for me to know where it's like, okay, there's more of a reason for why I feel this way in this particular time rather than just being like, why do I always feel horrible? You know what I mean? Right. I mean, and it is hard to know because mood swings are a normal part of of PMS yeah. generally because your home, hormone levels are all over the place. But if you do find yourself sinking into something that feels unusually bad, right? Maybe just for the next couple of months, monitor, keep a journal or something where you monitor those feelings and you can put those calendars next to each other between like your your mood calendar and your period period calendar and see if those times when it's at its worst are coinciding because you might be experiencing PMDD. So. There are treatments, but the treatments are basically the same as they would be for depression or anxiety or just regular period symptoms. Basically, your doctor might put you on SSRIs, antidepressants, or may suggest birth control pills to help counteract some of these symptoms. So it's it's they're basically going to do the same thing that they would do if you were had run-of-the-mill depression or anxiety or just really bad period symptoms in general. Yeah. But it's just good. It's a good thing to know about yourself so that you can mentally prepare when you're getting ready to go into your period. And it makes you feel less crazy. Like, Max always is kind of worried when he says this, but, like, on the days where I'm feeling really, really bad, he'll kind of hesitantly be like, are you getting your period? And, like, that doesn't make me feel like I'm going to fly off the handle. That actually makes me feel better because I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I am. There's a reason that I feel like out of control right now or that I feel this angry. And I'm like, okay, no, thank you for bringing that up. You're in no trouble at all. It's fine. <laughs> like, I feel less right? crazy I now. Mean, yeah, I mean, if I'm being totally honest, like, I don't like to say it in terms of like, oh, I'm suicidal because I, I don't think I'm suicidal. But like the amount I think about just like not existing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you no, know, that's- as far as it just being like, I... This this last time when I was on my period, it was a lot where I was just like, I just want ev- the world to stop. Yeah. I want everything to stop. I don't want to have to go through life right now. Yeah, that, <laughs> you know? I, I, that's been like, I'll, I'll have about five minutes of that maybe every day since the pandemic started. Where I'm like, I just want everything else to stop. Everything needs to stop. It's too much. Too much is changing. Too much is going on. So I think, yeah, definitely when there's times of particular stress you're going to experience those things even mm-hmm. worse. I think the feeling of dread and hopeful hopelessness is so prominent in our society right now anyways that feeling even more isolated during a time where you want to just do nice things for yourself it's really easy to get into that point of right feeling yeah. like you don't have any support or have anybody and to feel for me I always just feel so silly. I'm like this is so like I should just get up, you know, especially on my periods. Like I should just get up and go do something, but it's you just need to kind of cocoon well, yeah. yourself and, sometimes. And then it it adds to the shame of feeling like I there's no reason for me to be feeling like this. And then for me, my cramps are so painful yeah. that I physically sometimes feel like I can't get up. Right. And then that adds to depression. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a lot. It's difficult. And so if, if it's something that you are feeling, especially um one thing that did kind of stand out to me as a difference between PMS and PMDD uh-huh. are the feelings of potentially hurting others. Yeah. So if that's something that you're feeling, um, maybe just bring it up to your doctor, have a conversation with them about, is this a possibility um, that this is something that, that could be happening for totally. me? But they also do say, you know, find things I know easier said than done, Mm -hmm. but find relaxation techniques, stress management techniques. um, Give yourself a break, basically. Find ways to to do self-care. They do say cutting back on salty and sugary foods during that period of time. Oh, and they say caffeine and wine. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing any of that. Don't smoke. I'm like, come on. (laughs) I tried to stop drinking caffeine um, or coffee during my period for a while. But at this point, I'm like, you know what? 
And it, it might help marginally, like maybe a little bit. But at this point, I'm like, you know what? It's going to be painful anyway. Yeah. Like, and whatever. if I drink a coffee, it might make me poop more, which might make the pain go away more. Yeah, at least ease the pressure. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. you're going to do what you're going to do. You know what I mean? And if I'm going to do the things that are going to make me feel better mentally, then God damn it. But I was going to say, actually, during the pandemic, one thing that's been really helpful to me, and I sound super like hippy dippy when I say this, but like mantras. And just like, oh, yeah, I've oh, had, God, yeah, I've had a couple where I'll just lay in bed, you know, I won't get in bed because I find that like getting in bed in the middle of the day makes me really anxious. So I'll just lay on top of my bed with a blanket, just kind of on my back. And every time I breathe in and breathe out, I just say that just to kind of center myself. Like I had one that was just let go. When I breathed in, I said mm-hmm. let. When mm-hmm. I breathed out, I said go. And that would just kind of give me a few minutes to just completely let go of all of the million things going on in my brain to be able to move forward a little bit. So. No, there's there's real science behind mantras, meditation. Yeah, um, it's just it's that, focusing that stuff, on your breath. Yes, oh, it make really sure, does actually help. I always imagine, too, that I'm trying to fill my entire stomach with air when I'm breathing in. So I make my stomach push out like as far as I can almost and just really fill up my diaphragm and then really push that out. Because I'm a person that breathes very shallowly, just regularly. So I need to remind myself to actually Mm -hmm. fill up my lungs with like, air and oxygen and then I tend to feel better as well so and when talking about period pain this sounds super like hippy dippy but is something that I have actually found to help for me Mm -hmm. um if I picture my pain as like a ball of light yeah (laughs) and then picture it like move like take 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 deep breaths close your eyes and picture it like moving through and out of your body um it doesn't of course it it doesn't all it's not always going to work but like it helps me yeah oh I always say to breathe into the pain you know focus your breath on whatever section of your body is hurting you know so if it's my stomach that's why filling my stomach that much you know, mm-hmm. when I'm having that stomach pain, it get, really feels like I'm sending all of that kind of care in my body yes, down to that yes. one area. You're sending all the messages to your brain. And it's also shutting out every other thing in the world that makes everything feel so hard. And once you can yes. just focus on one thing, the pain, and manage that, then you can go on with everything else. I feel like we've gotten into this like weird, like celestial, like... Look, <laughs> we have to do what we have to do. Yeah. <laughs> People who have never had a period might not understand. Yeah, like, exactly. It, you you got to do what you got to do. Like I've had times, um, actually the last few periods I've had, it's been wor- at its worst in the middle of the night Ooh. on the first night. And so Anthony will be sleeping and I will literally get up at like two in the morning, run a bath and lay in the bath mm-hmm. for like an hour and a yeah. half. Just yeah. like be in the bathtub uh, for an hour and a half. only thing that feels better and if I have really bad cramps I don't like wearing tampons because it just hurts I don't know why I can just I feel like I can feel it and it feels like it's cramping more so if you don't want to sit in a pad there's something about at least sitting in the bathtub yeah as long as you're not bleeding too much I wouldn't feel comfortable in that but you know where you don't have to be you know put together you can just kind of let your muscles relax and things like that I sit on the toilet for a very long time when I've done that yeah. I've done that for sure. Yeah, because yeah, like, you're able to just relax all those muscles. You don't have to like tighten anything up. That sounds so gross. <laughs> no, but it's true. Release. It's true. Look, I it, the bodies are weird. Bodies are bodies very are weird, kind yeah. of gross, and like it's that's just part of it. That is um, part of it. Unfortunately, it's just part of the process. I don't know how many of our male listeners have tuned into this. <laughs> episode or not but I hope we are I mean I know it can be kind of like ooh, gross but it's hopefully giving you a little bit of insight as to what it is like I hope that men do because I think you know let's start talking about stigma and I also really wanted to talk about the transgender experience on periods because I think that's something that um is, is very slowly starting to be changed, but needs to be more drastic. Uh, the big thing that I've learned uh, in reading about this this week is learning to avoid the phrase like feminine hygiene products and just referring mm-hmm. to them as, you know, period products, menstrual products, things like that, because it's true. Not only cisgendered women get their periods and mm-hmm. um, 
you know, it, it's hard for me to necessarily give you statistics because I think everybody would be different um, from the different stories of different trans folks that I've read. Some, you know, trans men feel perfectly comfortable with still having their periods. It doesn't bother them or affect them. But um, for some trans men who have body dysmorphia, continuing to have their period is very damaging and detrimental to their mental health. Um, so... For trans people who haven't yet experienced puberty, you can take hormones, which they call puberty blockers, to prevent the gendered body changes. But for people who have already had their period, they can use birth control to lighten up or stop their periods or have hormone replacement therapy, which is taking testosterone, which can stop your period. And the important thing to know about taking testosterone is that it's reversible. So even if you've taken it for your whole life, all the time, if you are a trans man, if for some reason those uh, hormones are no longer available to you, and that is something that's difficult having your period, um, being taken off of testosterone can be a really damaging experience to get your period back and things like that. But then for me, I'm like, should I go on higher levels of testosterone and just get rid of my period? Um, well, you don't necessarily have to go on higher levels of testosterone, but I was on progesterone. I can't that take regular. No, that gives oh, okay. it makes me yeah, way too depressed because progesterone, that's like it's there's something in it that makes you like anxious so I was given a progesterone birth control pill a couple of years ago and within a few days I was like I can't like I was so depressed I was so depressed I was like I cannot take this anymore that's that's interesting I would think that it would have that effect on me I didn't notice that but I'm depressed anyway so maybe <laughs> I just didn't notice yeah um but I I liked being on that. When I get back on birth control, I think I will get back on it yeah. because I can't be on regular birth control because it gives me, if you listen to our birth control episode, yeah. regular birth control gives me aura migraines that are likely to cause stroke. Yeah. Um, so I can't do that. So I like the progesterone also because it's, it does stop your period. Yeah. And that's, what I, and that's what I want. So I when I have the money to go to a gynecologist and like proper health care, I'm going to get all that taken care of because I don't use any birth control. Super fun. <laughs> right now, I don't either yeah. because I'm, I'm also very scared to get back on birth control because I've had negative side effects from birth control in the past the only one who i don't think i have had is is the progesterone well then why you, so then don't change it i'm i'm going to try and get back on it yeah. the last one last time i went to the doctor i tried to explain what i wanted they gave me something it was not the right thing oh. i still had a period and in fact i had a period for like two and a half weeks oh. that's so, not what you want i need to get a doctor who understands what i'm asking yeah for. definitely um but yeah, so I also I wanted to add that one way that we can help our fellow trans folks out would be to push for redesigning bathrooms to make period products accessible to mm -hmm. all genders and all restrooms. I was reading stories about uh, trans men that like they say that they pass as men. And so if they're out at like a bar or something and they get their period, there's no way they can walk into a women's bathroom because the women would be like, what are you doing in here? You know, it, it's that whole same problem so it needs to be equal right. on both sides and again i think that educating both men and women would help all of this just go away every stigma every everything because if we take away the grossness because yeah like blood, blood's coming out of our body it is nasty whatever but we have to stop associating things like pads and tampons and these products with being part of something gross it's just a part of life and i well, uh, yeah, here's the thing. Half of the world's population experiences or has experienced a period yeah. before. So the fact that globally there is still so much, um, such a taboo surrounding yeah. menstruation is is kind of wild. And look, I get it personally. I think my own period is, is unpleasant. I don't like dealing with it. Um, I don't like bleeding on my clothes. Like none of that is like glamorous or fun but to have this like so much shame surrounding yeah. something that is a normal um biological thing that happens yeah. is and is ridiculous and it 
it's creating really, really big problems, the stigma. Um, I want to talk a little bit about period poverty. In 2014, the UN declared that menstrual hygiene was a public health issue. And period poverty refers to the inadequate access to menstrual hygiene products, resources, and education. So 2.3 billion people right now live without basic sanitation services. And in developing countries, only 27% of people have adequate hand-washing facilities in their homes. So the reason that that is connected to uh, menstrual hygiene is because if you're not able to use um, proper products for your period, we discussed this a lot in our women and homelessness episode that we did, I think a couple of years ago, um, talking about the different uh, ways that homeless women will kind of fashion period products. This happens a lot, and I don't really like using that term, but I guess developing countries uh, where they don't necessarily have the most sanitary ways of, you know, washing the fabric that they're using or the um, pads that they're using for their periods. It can create infection, um, which can make them very, very sick. People with special needs and disabilities struggle even more to find proper services and products. Yeah, I mean, and there are a lot of places still. I mean, we have a lot of taboo even here in the Mm -hmm. United States and in other Western countries, uh, we have a lot of taboos surrounding menstruation. But in other parts of the world, it's even worse. There are some parts of Venezuela, for example, where many women are forced to sleep in huts during the duration of their menstruation. Mm -hmm. In rural Ghana, menstruating women are forbidden from entering the house with a man or cooking food. Uh, There are a lot of young women who don't have access to any type of sanitary pad, like you were saying Mm -hmm. and it can cause them because of this you know if you don't have any way of stopping the bleeding um it can cause them to miss school yeah that's be that's what i was gonna say they say Mm -hmm. that most young girls will end up missing two to three days of school a month because they haven't been educated about their period and they're they're ashamed of it or they can't cover it up and properly protect it so they go to school and they get bullied and teased um so it's and that and that takes away from a girl's education yes. you know so i did i did read that in kenya studies have shown that girls will miss an average of four days of school every month which adds up to 20 percent of the school year and because of the lack of access like you were saying to um products uh, appropriate products it can cause women to be 70 percent more likely to have reproductive productive tract infections like yeah. you were like you were saying. Yeah, it's it's so dangerous to put anything in or near your vagina that is dirty. Like that's why I will say it a million times, pee after sex, have your boyfriend and girlfriend clean themselves before you have sex. We are a very mm-hmm. delicate ecosystem down there, you guys. Mm-hmm. You got to be nice and don't go buying any of that soap or douches or any of that stuff. All you got to yes. do is just keep keep her nice and happy down there. Don't put anything weird. Just it doesn't keep, need to smell like lavender. It does it's not fine. need to smell like lavender at all. Yeah. yeah, and in a lot of cultures, it is, like you were saying, it's really common to keep women and men separated. I nannied, actually, for, you can cut this out, but for took over one of her jobs for a couple of weeks once, and it was for a more, I don't know, what branch of Judaism that they were, but it was a more conservative branch of Judaism. The wife wore a wig and didn't, you know, kept her head covered. There was a separate bedroom specifically for when she was on her period. So she would leave the the bedroom. And I believe that the bed as well was two separate beds that were pushed together, but there was a whole separate bedroom for her to be because it's important. I guess it's called Nida. In Eastern European Jewish Hmm. cultures, which means separation or to make distance, and they are not supposed to have any physical contact with your spouse. And then there's a special bath that is called a mikvah, which is a ritual bath of rainwater that is supposed to, like, fully cleanse you. Like, you get in and you don't have, like, nail polish, fake nails, fake anything in your hair. Like, you're completely clean of that and then you get into this kind of ritual bath to cleanse yourself during your period yeah i mean the bath sounds nice but the bath (laughs) sounds nice i mean uh, i'm i'm going to refrain from saying anything because yeah i mean i'm not going to judge someone else's culture but for sure but i do feel like a lot of that stuff is rooted in um 
patriarchal misunderstanding of of menstruation um well and and i do think it leads i think it can lead to feelings of shame yes um, and humiliation because you're ostracizing women anytime you pull them away from society or tell them they can't participate for something that is a necessary biological function well and it's interesting because there are passages in the bible that speak about separating men from women that speak about, you know, women on their periods. I read um, on one website that, you know, lying with a woman on her period would be similar to lying with the sex worker. So, you know. Okay. I... So there's this, there's a lot of old biblical stuff. And, you know, when you think about it, it's just like when we talk about history, the people that wrote these, you know, religious texts, for the most part, were also men. Um, But then there's also a lot of lack of information because they were men. So it's just like a man's opinion about things, but there isn't any real information about it. It reads very much to me as a bunch of men saying, ooh, icky, I don't want to be near it. So Uh let's write this thing in to make it a rule that I don't have to be. Well, and Um, I can see where it would scare the shit out of men at the time where if you like going back to like caveman times, like if I didn't know what was going on, then all of a sudden blood just started pouring out of me. Or if I saw blood pouring out between someone's legs that was standing in front of me, I would be horrified and I might want to shun them too. So part of me kind of understands it where if there was no context of what I'd be like, this is a demon in front of me and they are bleeding from between (laughs) their legs and we need to put them away. Um, but in this day and age, we have enough education to know that women do not need to be ostracized on their periods. Our blood doesn't have any magical powers in actuality, although I wish, wish it that did. it did. Really but, wish you know. it did. I do. While we're still on the topic of um, stigma, I did want to mention really quickly, because I said earlier in the episode that I would, uh, when talking about girls not knowing what's going on. There was a 2014 study in Nairobi's Mathare Valley that found that 75% of the girls there had no idea what menstruation was before they got their first period. And this did cause increased feelings of anxiety and confusion and shame. Um, So we really... We have to eliminate this um, yeah. stigma that we have. We have to be able to have open and honest conversations I with each other. I have one solution for schools. So I was actually talking about this with Max recently. He was so, he was talking about like the day in school where you get like a talk with the boys and the girls and then they separate the boys and the girls. And then they, you know, the boys get their talk about what's going to happen to them and the girls get to talk about what's going to happen to them. Max was kind of like, and he brought up a great point. They should be teaching if they're going to separate them so that they don't feel embarrassed talking about what's going on with their bodies or whatever, at least teach the girls about the guys and the guys about the girls. If you're going to do that, you know what I mean? Like show yeah. guys tampons, show them how it works, show them what happens to women's bodies because boys deserve to know what's going on just as much as girls need to know what's going on to, I mean, to get I, rid I of still, that stigma. I still feel like boys should have to be hooked up to those machines <laughs> Definitely. where they have to feel what it feels like yeah. to have really bad period cramps. I really feel like that would resolve some of these issues. I feel like it, um, it would resolve a lot of the issues that uh, plague men with the stereotype of them not being very great with managing their pain and being sick. <laughs> right, or just or just feeling... There are still men, I feel like, who think that women are being like... Dramatic or exaggerating the pain or they're weak or something for being in pain. And it's like, if you had any idea the shit that I do while in just so So crushing, excruciating pain, you would have a different view. Because I'm like, I still have to live my life. I still have to get things done. I still have to go to work. I still have to, you know, perform in shows while... I was lucky. Bleeding. I was lucky at least that my first few years in my period were pretty light. But I remember like my last year of competing, I was like 16. You know, my I'm finally getting into puberty. I hit five feet tall. Like, you know, things are starting to happen for me. And well, that was frustrating, too, because when you hit puberty, you lose all your skills and you have to like relearn everything. But also skating through pain and worrying about having to wear a dress and having blood like be seen through yeah. it. Like skating, oh, yeah. skating on my period was the absolute worst it was yeah think about that when you think about when you think about um 
athletes yeah. who have their period because I can't imagine having to go to a competition. I, anytime I schedule anything in my life, yep. any <laughs> anything, if I schedule, I whenever I vacation, um, scheduled uh, my wedding, vacation, um, a trip of any kind, you. I immediately go and look at my calendar and try to predict when my period is coming. Totally. Um, because I don't want to be doing anything. I don't want to get on a plane and be stuck on a plane oh, I on always the first get, day of my period. I always get my period when I go on a plane. Horrible. Always, Terrible. Always. Since I was very young, I remember going to Sun Valley, Idaho one year for training and getting my period the morning that I was leaving. And it was like one of my first like years or even maybe first times getting it and just being so overwhelmed. It took me a while to get the hang of tampons too. Man, I think we definitely need to have another period episode because there's so much to get into when it comes to period products. And um, I actually think know, we should just have a pink tax episode. I think where so we discuss too, because yeah. it would be hard to kind of wrap up with talking about that. And I definitely think that talking more about period poverty and going into more specifics of that would be really good because I've got like six more pages of things that I would love to discuss but we are already at an hour <laughs> so I don't know if we should go for much longer but I think we should totally do another period yeah episode. for sure there there is other stuff to talk about we talked about all of the basics basically uh in this episode but we did have someone actually reach out a long time ago uh and recommend that we do a pink tax episode yeah so i'm happy to devote an entire episode to that and totally. luxury tax because it is the fact that it is called a luxury tax <laughs> is insane so stunning like to me um i, I, I there is nothing that you know a man named that because there is nothing less luxurious yeah. that I experienced in my life. Up your vagina, or just the <laughs> feeling. I I cannot drive home to to people who have not had a period before or maybe not experienced it the way that I do. I can't drive home how uncomfortable and gross yeah. you feel like I never have felt more disgusting in my entire life than like day one or two yeah. of my period where I'm like I feel like I smell I'm sweating I'm my my saliva's sticky for some godforsaken God. reason that's like I'm the bloated. worst one to me like, like her saliva sticky Ugh. it's a thing I googled it Ugh. but it is it is awful I'm so just a it's bloody not bitch. a luxury I'm just yes. a bloody bloody bitch for like seven days straight it is awful but yeah that's the pink tax for me is something that I feel very close to as well because I've you know we've both hit times of very very low poverty mm -hmm. with having mm -hmm. a couple cents in our bank accounts where you get your period and you're like I have a tampon and until you have used a tampon with a cardboard applicator, my God, if you've ever, those are torture devices. Um, I like, know people that horrible. choose those. Like those are the Why? ones that they buy. I mean, I think that they are better for the environment, but they are so painful to put in yeah. for me. Okay, last but not least, because I have, a, I told you about this, but I have a new period product that I use is I use the soft discs and I will obsessed with them. Oh yes, you did tell them. me about those. It's like a little plastic ring that has like a, you know, kind of thin plastic little kind of saran situation. Yeah, it's just mm -hmm. kind of a squishy, crinkly thing. You just squeeze it and shove her in there and you kind of like have to push it like above your pubic bone a little bit, but you can let that sucker sit in there for like 12 hours and then you just go over the toilet and pull it out and then these are disposable so you can throw them away, but you can also get the reusable ones, but I had never done it before. I had really bad luck with um, like the Diva Cups and stuff. Like I just couldn't, right. they wouldn't sit right in me. I would just be bleeding through it or around it. But the soft discs, I've, I've, I really like. I'm a fan. Okay. Yeah, I need to give it a shot because I do want to, I, I want to move to something that's more sustainable um, and actually better, like tampons are what I found work best for me, but they're yeah. not actually super good well, for you. And I find um, that I feel less like weirdly dry than yeah. I do when I'm using a tampon. Like I still feel like this feels weird to say my vagina still feels like it normally would. Yeah. Then I would well, if yeah. I had, you know, a pad on definitely you feel like very uncomfortable, but then in a tampon it's almost like you're you're too dry when you're taking and it in and out. Pulling and, you know, out a dry tampon is uh, the most uncomfortable it feeling. It feels like, like you're pulling out your insides along with it. Huh, like huh. Oh, yeah, ugh. not good. Or what you, a great way to end this. Oh podcast. my god. Have you ever like I swear in the cardboard ones too, the tampons are like longer? In some of them, because oh. I've had one where I've pulled it out and I'm like, when is it done? When is it done? <laughs> oh, oh, terrible. Terrible. Oh, well, 
Okay, I <laughs> want to remind everyone, now that we're at the end of the episode, to please, 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 please send us your questions for our Ask Me Anything episode for our three-year anniversary. We want all of your questions in by January 18th. If we don't get questions, we can't do the episode, so it's kind of up to you guys to send all of that in. It's true. We have started getting some, so thank you yes. to those who have started submitting. Um, but for sure, if we want to fill an entire hour, we're going to need more than what we have currently so you have until the 18th um if there's a q and a question that you would like answered definitely reach out definitely 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 so you can do that through our email at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com you can also direct message us and follow us on instagram at angry neighborhood feminist we have a twitter that we sometimes use at yamp podcast y a n f podcast we have a facebook business and group page madigan is now checking the uh group page more often to let you all in and go ahead to that business page and rate and review us there you can also rate and review us on apple Podcasts. that is the place where you can help us out the most with those reviews we appreciate it so much but both of our facebook and apple podcast reviews will be featured on our instagram for reviews day tuesday last but not least if you don't already go ahead and listen to us on Radio Public. It is a free way for you to listen and it helps us just a teeny tiny bit. That's all we got for you today. With all that being said, we encourage you to Sorry, rage on. Bye-bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.